With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For sure. 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 For sure, sure, for sure. And for sure. For sure, sure, for sure. And for sure. For sure, sure, for sure. And for sure. Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200 foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I am Sarah, fresh from the taxi squad. <laughs> yes, uh, for our Red Wings fans uh, who, who I imagine make up the bulk of our audience, um, but you never know, um, maybe not. Um, they are familiar with uh, players being loaned down to the taxi squad and then being brought up. Sometimes it seems like in the same day. Um, so Sarah, do you think, are, are, you like a, are you like a Matthew Brome um or or what i hope i hope not because that would mean people would like like me for this episode maybe next episode and then just be totally turned off and wish me away so i'm hoping to be more i don't know a giovanni smith but with a good ending where i get to stay (laughs) it would be like um you start telling these really good jokes and like the mic cuts off like the the punchline (laughs) It's like, oh my god, that that joke was right in front of the net. How did she miss it? It was open, like, uh, so, um, just 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 real quick because uh, it's been no. First of all, it's been a while um, since we recorded an episode, uh, but also um, for people who aren't aware, um, well, first of all, I mean, if if this is the first time you're listening, then I guess it doesn't make any difference. But for people who've listened before, um, other than the two episodes where Sarah guest hosted. Um, Typically, uh, in in the past, uh, I've ha- we've had Jay uh, Tui as our uh, co-host. Um, so unfortunately, he is no longer able to uh, to continue doing the podcast. Um, you know, there's there's no like bad reason or anything. It's not it's not any kind of drama. Uh, you're not going to read uh, you know something where uh, you know one of us did something horrible to the other person, and uh, we have to have Pierre LeBrun uh, write us a you know redemption arc uh, story, uh, allowing us to clear our name uh, or anything like that. Basically, um, just Jake just can't you know he just doesn't have the time to do it, um, and. Uh, you know, like we wanted to, you know, get back to recording episodes and um, he just wasn't able to commit to it. So um, obviously that's sad. But um, the happy news is that Sarah is going to be joining as the permanent co-host. Um, so I'm very, very, very excited about that. Um, if you've been listening, she she was a co-host for two episodes before uh, the ones with Andrew Thomas and the one with uh Ryan Simpson, uh, and they were they were awesome. Um, the one with Ryan was probably one of my favorite uh, segments that we've done, where we uh, compared uh, the the machines from Horizon Zero Dawn to NHL teams. Um, <laughs> 
and yeah, Sarah, Sarah and I have gotten to know each other pretty, actually pretty well, uh, you know, over the past like few months, uh, because, and this is interesting because this is kind of the same way that Jay and I got to know each other, you know, back when we, we first started, uh, you know, knowing each other better was, uh, through video games. Cause we both love to play video games. We both played, um, you know, some of the same ones and we like to, uh, you know, joke around about them, complain about them, make jokes, etc. Um, so, so yeah, so Sarah, welcome aboard. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. I don't know if you should have talked me up that much, but like <laughs> you said, I will try not to ever need a redemption arc. <laughs> That's well, the bar I'm setting. Yeah, I mean, the good news is that apparently in the hockey world, I mean, it's pretty easy to get them now, you know? <laughs> You got, you know, Sportsnet and uh, The Athletic, they're tripping over each other to, uh, you know, to give to give uh, column inches to people who don't deserve it. Um, and, and, and both of us do deserve it. So I think um, if anything were to happen, we would be OK. Like I said, it's, it's been a while. Um, part of it was just kind of the general quarantine pandemic kind of malaise where, um, you know, for a while, Jay and I didn't really feel like talking about hockey we didn't really think feel like thinking about hockey uh there were so many other important things in the world going on um but you know it's been a while we are back um and uh we do have a fantastic guest joining us today um so uh, obviously the the most important um thing about him is that he is a player in my weekly friday night D group um where i am the dungeon master and basically, everybody says that I try to kill them every week, um, although that's not the way I see it. Um, but he also uh, is a Dallas Stars fan, um, and he talks about Dallas on Twitter. And uh, well, in the past, he's done other stuff, too, which we can talk about. Um, but right now, he is doing his own podcast called Plus One with Pat. Um, so welcome, Pat. And if you want to kind of you know, talk about your podcast a little bit um, so our, our, uh, our people can listen. Yeah, uh, I, I, I just thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on. Um, I, um, it, it's, it's an honor. Uh, and yes, the, the thing I am most known for and the most important thing in my life is definitely that uh, I am in your D&D group. Uh, that's, that's what I identify as. <laughs> I, am, I am a player. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, hi. This is, uh, don't listen to my podcast because this is generally what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, um, I've wanted to do a podcast for a long time, and, um, you know, I used to, uh, write for Defending Big D on SB Nation, and then that transitioned into a job at SB Nation proper, writing about the NHL for about five years, and, um, I've been out of the hockey business for, for a while, um, and I just decided, you know what, I, um, want to keep my girlfriend around, and these bits... <laughs> are uh, threatening that it's not really but I needed an outlet I needed an outlet for um, my weird sense of humor um, and also I like talking to myself so I figured I would just do a stars podcast and um, uh, actually it was my girlfriend who came up with the concept uh, of doing a podcast that gets one minute longer every single episode so we recap a stars game uh, the game one of the season the the recap show was 60 seconds long and now after the 15th game, uh, I just finished uh, our 15-minute episode. And, um, you know, we talk stars sometimes. We talk hockey sometimes. 
Um, <laughs> a lot of times, like the 15-minute episode was really just, I left my microphone on while I was playing, and I didn't really want to talk about the game, so I just, it was like 15 minutes of dead air. Um, so, uh, would love it if people listened to it. Um, I, I'm in this weird place with it where I'm like, it'd be cool if it became a thing, but then also, like, if it became a thing, like, more people would have to listen to it, and I don't want to do that to people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, yeah, it, it's, just a, it's just a fun way to uh, waste my time while the Dallas Stars are, uh, you know, being the Dallas Stars. <laughs> Wait, so so watching a game and then not wanting to talk about it, Sarah, we cannot identify with that. We have no idea what that's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I said, if anyone knows what it's like being like, well, our team was our team. It's, mm-hmm. it's we Red Wings fans. We get it. And I get, yeah, I am coming from a place of privilege in that I guess we did make the Stanley Cup final, but like, you know, whatever. <laughs> it, 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 did it really count? I don't know. But I mean, at the same time, you had to have Corey Perry on your team. So, I mean, it kind of all evens out, right? Hey, I like Corey Perry. Oh, now. okay. Well, th- oh, thank you for joining you. us. Thanks, uh, thanks this for coming, is, Pat. Uh, this has been yep. another episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is weird. It's, I don't know. I Trust me, start, nobody hated Corey Perry more than Stars fans for his entire career. But then when he, you know, sometimes the most unlikeliest of heroes emerge during the playoffs. <laughs> and you're like, I guess we have to be really happy about this guy who is actually might be a good leader. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, we love Corey Perry. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I'm just glad he's in the Eastern Conference so I don't have to feel conflicted anymore. Hmm. Although you will find a, a lot of Stars fans who still hate him. And they're like, I never loved him at all. I'm like, okay, if I put a camera in your living room during the playoff run, you were just sitting, I'm sure it would just show you sitting on a couch during all his goals. Like, you're not sure <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's a, that's actually an interesting uh, interesting idea. Um, you know, the idea of um, I know th- this liking is... people's homes. Exactly. Yeah. The idea of um, you know getting a two way communication like a telescreen in 1984 to watch people and make sure that they are celebrating every goal that your team scores. Um, but no, I'm talking about the idea of if. You know, what would it take, you know, like basically how bad would the person have to be who became a member of your team for you to, I guess, I guess there's different levels, you know, the worst one would be to be like, I'm just not going to follow the team anymore. Like that would be the worst one. Um, you know, but there's kind of different levels of that. Um, Sarah, this is something that we've had to deal with a little bit. What do you think about this idea? Yeah. So for anyone, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm Helmeroids. If I don't know if we made the connection, so if you follow me, you know my thing is memes and putting like cupcakes and rainbows <laughs> and stuff on players. So if it was a player they don't like, it'd be like little poop emojis or like <laughs> really like it'd be negative me and uh, it'd be it would be hard for me to to overcome and be like positive about them, even if you know he's like a thirty goal scorer. I'd be like. But I would never unfollow the team for that. I, I can't. It's all I have. Yeah. I, I, think, I think what it comes down to, like, because, I don't know, for some reason the Stars have attracted, at least since I've been following them, or actually, honestly, before, with um, 
Oh God. Okay, so I became a star in two thousand eight. So I I may not remember before that. Anyway, you can edit this part out. I'm I'm good with that. But yeah, starting. No, it's like, okay. I can think I can think of a couple like, former Shane stars Kirla. that I would I would definitely have that. Um, and then like so, mm -hmm. Steve Ott. Um, we don't yes. talk about Sean Avery, but uh, <laughs> Steve Ott and Antoine Roussel. Yeah. I, you know that other teams hate them and other fan bases hate them but when they're on your team i think at least for me it comes down to like okay so they're on my team now so i'm getting a better glimpse into what they are like as people and the main thing to know about antoine roussel is that he loves cats and he's the super he's the nicest man you've ever met just not on the ice and then um cory perry turns out uh is a is a good dude and a good leader as we saw in those documentaries and stuff so it's like ah okay well I guess I, it's harder for me to hate them once I get to know them on my team, um, which sucks because one of my favorite memories, uh, Red Wings and Dallas Stars uh, crossover here, is Trevor Daly beating the crap out of Corey Perry in the Anaheim Ducks or in the Stars net uh, in 2016. <laughs> and now I can't think about that anymore without feeling very conflicted. Thank you for taking care of Trevor, by the way. Oh yeah, don't worry. Um, his his time in Detroit. I mean, just nothing but positive fan oh, base God. feelings about oh, yeah, him. Yeah, I was so um, nice to him. Not a single angry tweet. No memes calling him useless. Nothing like that. You know, and I really miss him now. And I miss Steve Ott. We all had a little soft spot for Steve Ott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I do. I do not want to be included in that. All. Like about otters. Post pictures of otters. So he gave me a reason to Google well, baby otters, and yeah. if oh, yeah. nothing yeah. else, that was that made it almost worth it. Oh, we're going through that right now in Dallas with Jake Ottinger. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, I did. Re yeah. I just I did just remember with Mike Madonna too. You guys tend to get our like washed up players that like there really is no use for them by the time they get there. <laughs> and then we end their career. Yeah, <laughs> they, they get there. They're like, yeah, I don't really want to keep doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I think about what you said about Corey Perry, I, I do have to agree in one way because um, in the outdoor game uh, last season, he definitely did show leadership by taking himself out, out of the game very early on, which I think probably helped the team. But he took out Ryan Ellis, which is perfect for us. I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but no, I, I just I, – I always think that that's a fascinating um, – you know, that's a fascinating uh, kind of dynamic because um, it comes up a lot where – you know, it's like, oh, you know, this guy's a complete, you know, dirty player on the ice. But, like, off off the ice, he has, like, a puppy sanctuary, you know, where, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he yeah. has saved the lives of 10,000 puppies. And look, here here they are. And the, But the, at the same time, and, like, you know, my kind of counter to that idea is... But on the ice, like, he could end somebody's career. You know what I mean? Like, like so, okay, you're a nice guy. Like, it's not to say you're not, you know, because, I mean, there is a lot to be, you know, to be said for, you know, somebody being a good person, you know, in their personal life. But at the same time, like, like to me, there's kind of a difference between somebody who's, like, kind of a jerk, maybe, like, a little chippy. Um, I'm trying to think, like, back, like, maybe, like, like an Aaron Asham type. You know, I would say I would say like Antoine Roussel fits the ch he get he I I can't remember a time when Antoine Roussel was like headhunting on the ice. Yeah, but Corey Perry definitely. Yeah, or like um you know 
like you know, for me, like Tom Wilson, you know, he he's he's yeah. he's or, yeah. or Radko Gudis. Like each one of them has nearly ended many players' careers, and so to me, like, like to me, there's like a line, you know, there's like a, yeah. a line where like a pest type player. Okay, I, I'm I'm totally fine with. It. I totally get that, but for me, it's like once you cross a certain line, um, and I don't know. I think that that's I think that's an interesting uh, interesting idea. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to go on yeah. record. If Corey Perry uh, is officially canceled by the hockey community, you can go back and edit all all this stuff out. <laughs> I'm, you can like take out bits and pieces of what I said, so I can say here. I'll just say this right now, so you can just plug it in. Like I hate Corey Perry and always have. There you go. Great. Now you can drop that. In. Awesome. So um, I may or may not just like go straight from your introduction to I hate Corey Perry and always have. Um, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, so Pat, we could talk about, um, you know, Dallas, et cetera. Um, one of our, one of our listeners, <laughs> one of our listeners, I don't know if you've, if you've had a chance to see this yet. Um, mm-hmm. in the, we, we, we do a mailbag, um, Okay. And actually, well, we had two two listeners who who gave questions for for you specifically. Um, oh, one of them, you know, one of one of the listeners had just one question, and then the other one had six. But at the same what? time, I, I, I a lot of them I think are kind of short. Like I think you can kind of do like a rapid okay. fire thing. Um, so so let's see, Sarah, if you want to open it up too, like we can kind of alternate. Um, so the first one is from let's see, oh man. It's somebody that asks questions almost every episode. Actually, both of these both of these uh, commenters ask, epi- ask questions almost every episode, um, which is fantastic. Um, so here's the the Dallas one from that. So Miro Heiskinen is drawing positive comparisons to Nicholas Lidstrom. I think Lidstrom said in an interview that he uh, he was reminded of himself by uh, Miro Heiskinen. Um, so, you know, do you agree with that assessment? And if not, what do you think is the ceiling for young Miro Heiskinen? So. The one I've heard more often than that, and it's the one that I think fits him better, is Scott Niedermeyer. Um, I, for whatever reason, I got to watch Niedermeyer play more than I did Lidstrom, just based on which I, based on when I started watching hockey. And um, Miro is uh, less of a, uh, he's not really a, a uh, offensive, I, I don't know, he's so well-balanced. Um, like Thor's hammer, uh, that um, it's it, he's he's just great at at everything, and um, I don't know. It's specifically the skating that that I, I think it comes down for me, because when I think of Scott Niedermeyer, I think of just kind of like twirling like an ice skater out of his own zone and leading the rush up ice, and suddenly you you lose track of him, and all of a sudden, oh wait, how did he get over there? He was just at the other end of the rink a second ago. Um, and that's Miro in a nutshell. Like you just, if you track him, if you put an ISO cam on him for every shift, it would you'd be wondering how this guy has any juice left, and um, and how you're not noticing him enough. Um, Lindstrom to me is more of a larger than life player, where Niedermeyer to me is a little more subtle. Um, so I would say that's his ceiling is, is Scott Niedermeyer. But honestly, I I deal with both of them. <laughs> um, well, the second part of that is a is a D and D question, so I think Peter, you should handle it because we someday you will probably get me involved. But as of now, officially, everyone, I have never played Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So here, here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll come back to this after the hockey questions. 
Um, Because I think that would be kind of like a good transition out of like the Dallas stuff into like, you know, kind of the rest of the episode. Um, Yeah. So, sir, if you want to like take, you know, take over and start the the ones from Brad, I guess. Sure. So these are we six questions from Brad Hughes, but they're all short. Um, So we'll start with uh, do the stars have a plan to address Ben's long term dead weight contract? Uh, No. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's terrifying. Um, But this season, it's not because Ben, for whatever reason, has looked a lot more like his old self this season than previously. And it's gotten uh, the fan base talking a lot about, like, the idea of lingering injury issues, especially since Sagan and Bishop are out for a long time. I don't... Because Sagan's been on a decline lately, too, and... Ever since, honestly, uh, I think it was Dmitry Kulikov, like, sliced his Achilles in half uh, a couple years ago. And I, I tend to feel pretty optimistic about Sagan coming back just because of how much time he's had off. Ben has dealt with hip issues for years, and um, he finally, you know, he's uh, removed, far enough removed from the surgery that I wonder if that's affecting his play. Because, um, yeah, he, he looks more like the bull in a china shop this season than he has before. Um, so as far as dealing with the contract, I think that they are, uh, you know, acting like your favorite congressman and just hoping they don't have to deal with it for uh, a while. Um, because that is the looming issue for the team is all of the, you know, massive contracts that are going to become dead weight. And, you know, I... I think instead of a slow decline for Ben, now that he's raising back up, it's probably more likely that he falls off a cliff. So um, I think, honestly, the most likely thing for at the end of it is a buyout. Um, but the problem is it's, it's, it's like a re- relationship that you know is going to end someday, but you really love the person. Because they do love it. Like, Ben lives here full time. Um, he is an incredible captain, an incredible part of the city. So I, I, I think both sides are kind of like, let's just, you know, write this out until we have no choice. Well, the good news is you kind of answered um, Brad's fourth question, which <laughs> yeah. was what's, what's really going on with, with Sagan. Yeah. So it's like you accidentally completed the side quest. You didn't even yeah. know it. Sagan was, Sagan was definitely hurt throughout the, the uh, playoffs last year. And then I think definitely it's just been – well, the system. I, I ultimately, I don't know, and I think my hope is just like being like, I hope it's just as simple as he needs to get healthy, and then if it's not, then oh god, then I don't know. <laughs> you you want to take the next one? Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, is uh, Alexiak going to ask for the moon and or explore free agency? Uh, I think it's more likely he gets picked up in the expansion draft. Um. The Stars have such a logjam of talent um, at defense. Like, if anything, Alexiak is blocking Tar- Thomas Harley, or Harley Thomas, if you remember. That's how he was drafted. <laughs> uh, the name they used when they drafted him. Um, but, yeah, uh, he's. I think it's more likely that he, he gets picked up in the expansion draft. Um, could be Fox, it could be Dickinson, but um, Alexiak has been solid enough that I think that's most likely. As far as asking the moon, uh, I, I think realistically he's not going to get a big, huge contract. I think a guy his age, he's approaching 
30. Um, and the fact that he's at best a top four defenseman, I think it's more likely, you know, you could get him at a reasonable rate for a reasonable uh, time span. So, um, although if you've seen how tall he is, I don't think he needs to ask for the moon. He can just reach for it and just grab it, just pluck it out of the sky. <laughs> why? What? I mean, would you? Would the Red Wings be interested in adding him? I hope not. We can we just not be interested in anything. Oh my we need God. to just we need to just clean up. We're like I don't know. I don't want to turn into a bunch of hoarders where we instead of cleaning up our house, we just keep getting more stuff, more yeah. junk from other teams, and just letting it pile up. We need to just start fresh. Alexiak okay. would be a good addition, though I think. But also, anything <laughs> would be a good addition to the Red Wings defense. I would yeah. be a good addition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I've seen I've seen your cat Stevie. Um, she's pretty mobile. I think. Oh, yeah. uh... <laughs> but is she six foot seven? That's the question. She she is a right-handed shot. So <laughs> yeah. that's, what that's been every other factor about her doesn't matter. She's got a she... lot of heart, a lot of hustle, and a lot of grit. So the big three. She's got it all. <laughs> okay, I'll take the third question, but yeah. I need everyone to get their minds out of the gutter right now before I start asking. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So this is about your picture, which is just <laughs> of your head. Okay? That's an impressive pipe. What substances are in your pipe substance rotation? My pipe? Okay. So this first is of about all, a smoking pipe, everyone. Yeah. Okay. I was going to yeah. move straight on before we could notice that we were lining the street. Um, so first of all, it's funny that you think that's a pipe. It's not a pipe. It's a uh, stick that my dog found in the field that looked like a pipe. Uh, so I immediately, uh, because I'm Jim from the office and I know where all the cameras are, I uh, told my girlfriend, like, quick, take, snap a photo. I need this. Um, we still have the pipe. We keep a, uh, <laughs> um, a, a collection of sticks that my dog enjoys and then... Not that she cares. Um, in fact, I told my girlfriend, I was like, you know what? We should uh, just use these for when it gets cold during the winter, jokingly. And then we lost all of our power in one of the worst winter storms ever, and I never thought to burn those. So I don't know why they're there. Anyways, to answer your question, what's in my pipe is a bunch of tree bark and fungus that's probably rotting away at my insides as we speak. Oh. Awesome. Uh, so, so yes, yeah, so we did a question number four. Question number five from Brad. Ben Bishop always seems to be about to fall off the table. Great question. How, how, how does he that. keep writing himself? Uh, well, he's finally figured out that it's easier to sit on the table than to stand <laughs> on it. Because, uh, you know, if you stand, uh, uh, falling off the table. So is he asking, like, he or she, they, are they asking how he's, Figured it out? I'm not 100% sure. Read the last part of that again. So it says, Ben Bishop always seems to be about to fall off the table. How does he keep on writing himself? Does he? <laughs> Is it just because like, he's playing you know, against someone like the Red Wings or yeah. you know, teams that can make goalies look really good? Uh, I mean, I would, I would argue that, okay, so you know, you know like when... 
let's just imagine Ben Bishop as like a very large, uh, very tall stick, right? So the stick starts like leaning one, lifting one direction, and you're like, oh no, we have to save the stick. So you, you just flick your hand at the stick and push it back up, and then for a split second, it's right again, but then it starts falling the other way, and then you have to go run and flick it up, and you just do this for eternity. That's Ben Bishop. It might look like he figured out how to stand up and not fall off the table, but it's really that he's just starting to fall on the other side. And it's just a matter of time until he gets hurt or yeah. he, you know, gives, gives up six goals in a crucial playoff game against the Colorado Avalanche after not playing for two months. So, yeah, I, I would say I, I'm one of the early adopters of Jake Ottinger as the starting goalie. So uh, even right now, I trust yeah. him more than Anton Hudobin. So, um yeah, I, I reject your question's premise. <laughs> so basically you're saying that um, the rest of the team is Sisyphus and uh, he is the boulder. Yes, he, he absol- that is so perfect. <laughs> yeah, he, he is absolutely that. <laughs> All right, so, so there's one last question here, and then we'll jump back to uh, the first question, uh, or the second question from the first reader um, that will get us into the next uh, kind of segment. Okay, this is the the last question from Brad. Which is cooler, Dallas or Austin? I mean, Austin. And I I I live in Dallas, and actually I live in Fort Worth, and Fort Worth is cooler than Dallas, and it it hurts Dallas to hear that. They've been trying really really hard. They've now got like some shops and stuff. <laughs> um, you know, it looks a little shinier than it did ten years ago. But like, come on, there's Austin is a paradise um not okay that's not true Austin's kind of gross sometimes so um no Austin's better but I I will go to the mat any day for San Antonio being the best city in Texas and as we all know Houston is the worst it's like fifth in the list of the top four cities um (laughs) so yeah Dallas is trying they're trying really hard but I mean honestly Fort Worth is cooler so like get back to me in like 15 years all right. Someday Dallas will have a have a traffic light. They will. <laughs> They've got too many of them, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, they're gonna make it into uh, a two horse town. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> all right, so back so back to um, back to our first uh, comment. I love Dallas, by the yep. way. I just want to go on record that Dallas is my home. I love it, but you know, just like you love your family, you got to be honest about it. <laughs> yeah. Dallas is trying too hard currently. Oh, there you go. Um, so the, uh, I, I forgot to say, uh, the name of the commenter, um, it is, uh, J H D S G J. I apologize if there's like a way to pronounce that, that I forgot because it's been so long. Um, but again, thank you, thank for you. your questions. Yeah. But again, th- thank you so much for, uh, for commenting, uh, for everybody who wrote questions. Um, so now the question that I like, I, I already, I already wrote this in, like, I know you're not going to know because I know you, um, and I know this about you, but we can kind of lead into like a different discussion. So the question was just, so I'll, I'll read it. Um, what is the best edition of D and D and why is it 3.5? And I wrote in there that I, I know that you have never played anything, but the, the current fifth edition, uh, which is the same with me. Um, mm-hmm. and I also knew that Sarah has never played any of it. Um, so I, Actually, first, um, just because it, it's one of my favorite things to talk to Sarah about. Um, so, Sarah, what is your understanding of D&D? Because it always <laughs> makes me laugh when the way you talk about it is hysterical to me. And I want to share that with the world. Oh, okay, I didn't know it was funny at all. But <laughs> so, 
Peter and I often talk about the show The IT Crowd, and there is an episode where they <laughs> play D&D, and that is about the extent of my knowledge other than if you played it in high school, you got made fun of. So those are, and that's, I feel like that's pretty stereotypical though. So I don't want to be offensive towards D&D players um, in the early 2000s. But yeah, I, I know it as someone is the dungeon master and they tell you what's going to happen and then you make decisions. Your players are like elves or something. And you, there's a dice that has like a hundred sides. And if you get like a high number, it means your magic works. Or not. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. No, she's not wrong at all. Yeah, and um, it, it's always the goal of the dungeon master to make sure that um, the atmosphere they set is quote ruddy mysterious. Uh. <laughs> kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons thing. Oh, is this something to do with sex? <laughs> Far from it, Jen. No, you see, in role playing, one person is a dungeon master or game master or keeper. He or she controls the world and tells the players what they're experiencing, whether it be battling with a coal monster or just kicking back in a smelly old tavern with some roguish elves. <laughs> Played over a few hours, the game employs dice rolls to determine the outcome of certain events. Now, unlike most board games you might be familiar with, role playing games often use a 20 sided dice. Moss, yeah. I want to stop listening to I this. I completely understand. <laughs> Do you use music? Do you have a soundtrack yeah. that you play? Un- unfortunately, I I don't. Um, that would be that would be a really fun thing to do. Um, Our sessions are already way too chaotic. Yeah, most of the time I'm try- I'm like banging my head against the desk trying to figure out like how how the hell I'm going to like make whatever happens happen. Um, so or actually, like, so, or like, yeah, we, they spent thirty minutes trying to decide whether to go through this door. What do I say to them <laughs> to make tell them it's okay? Yeah, like and and, and uh, anybody who has played before will know that that's not an exaggeration. Um, if you haven't played before, you might be thinking, there's no way that's possibly true. Um, if you have played, you're probably like, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, my f- it wasn't my first my first time ever playing. I think it was my um, probably like maybe like the second or third time. Um, I started playing at my local game store, which is, you know, I could I could walk there pretty quickly. But like in the car, it's like a less than a two minute drive. It kind of depends on if I hit the one traffic light on the way. Um you know, so it's incredibly close to me. And, uh, you know, that's where I first started playing. And it was just, number one, it was, it was amazing. Um, but, yeah, one of, my, one of my kind of formative experiences was uh, two of the people in the party were able to summon, like, horses, right? They had, like, summon steed, which was like a, a spell or an ability. Um, and they could basically materialize, like, a horse or, like, a large, you know, like a large creature um, that could fight for them and could carry stuff, etc. And they had summoned it. Each of them had summoned their own steed. And... We needed to get down into the place we were going, and there was a spiral staircase. And they spent, and this is no exaggeration, an hour, an hour of gameplay arguing with the DM about how to, that they should be able to get these large horses, basically, or bulls, or whatever (laughs) they were, down the spiral staircase. Um, Did did it work? Did they convince them? (sighs) No, because it was impossible. Like, it was obviously impossible. Um, but, but it's but all they... in your imagination. 
<laughs> yeah, but you can't defy the laws of physics unless there's a reason. Like, and horses go downstairs, like even just big stairs. I, that was part of the argument. I guess like, like yeah. I mean, DC. I live outside yeah. DC. They have police horses. I feel like I they've mean, part, they've run upstairs before. Part of this was like literally like they were getting out their phones and being like, "Look, look, they can go downstairs." And he's like, <laughs> like <laughs> "It was this, this is giant." This, is this why uh, you didn't let me bring my uh, my character's pet the thesaurus into the final dungeon because of precedent? No, because it was too big. Okay. Yeah, it was too large, unfortunately. Um, By the way, uh, yeah. Steed Summons is my least favorite uh, uh, Toronto columnist. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he also cannot go downstairs. No, yeah. no. Not unless, oh my. not unless there's hot dogs. And <laughs> it's funny how like I always I always confuse like the really bad hockey writers. Like when you said that name, I was like, wait, is he the is he the piss in the in the sink guy or no? Wait, that's another person. Oh wait, that's the and like I always associate them with. Wait, which one is the clean and jerk one? Wait, which one's <laughs> I, I just I have like these little things I because like I never read them. And like I, I have. Or yeah. adjacent. I'm looking at you, yeah. uh, Colton in Buffalo, whatever your name is. <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of the name, but yeah, I know who you mean. It's either Edmonton or Toronto. Like, the the people in Winnipeg and Vancouver usually behave themselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I guess real quick, guys, I want to I move on to other stuff. And I don't want this to be a super long episode. Um but you know, as, as somebody who's like started playing relatively recently, um, like like Pat, what do you what do you enjoy about D and D? And it's not like I I swear this is not me trying to get you to say nice things about me. I don't care if you say anything about me. Mm-hmm. But like just like you know, because uh, you know something something we get to do like once a week that like is just incredibly fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the pandemic, it's really helpful to be able to to do that. So um, for people listening, you know, maybe if they've, if they've thought about playing, but they've never played before, you know, like, like how would you kind of sell it to them? Um, I'm I'm having you sell a lot of things. Uh. So the way I would sell it is, um, so growing up as a kid, I probably had the same kind of experience everybody did where like, you know, for me, it was Star Wars toys, right? I would sit in my room and I would create these, I had these action figures and stuff. And that was it. I had to create a story out of it in my head. And that's literally how I entertained myself was, like, storytelling and stuff. And everybody has their version of that. And, like, what if you could do it as an adult and uh, not get, you know, bullied for it? (laughs) Uh, What if you could do that in 2021 where everyone's like, that's cool, actually. Um, And it's just – and it's also, you know, I I said imagination jokingly, but, like, truly, that's the fun of it. Like – it depends on who your DM is. Now, this is where I will butter Peter up. Like, in my first session, first uh, he mentioned that there, the city we were in had dinosaur races. And I was like, I want to steal a dinosaur. And so he was like, okay, I'll let you try. And that's how I got a triceratops named Thesaurus. Um, so, and so, you know, it's just, it's fun to collaborate and come up with these crazy ideas and just like... Um, you know, it's no, it's almost no different from like playing a video game online with your friends too. It's, it's just like, you know, the fun things that you can come up with. Um, and especially like during the pandemic and lockdown and stuff, um, you know, we were playing online before all that. Um, 
but so it was really nice to be able to like just hang out with your friends um, every every week or so. Yeah, I mean, I, the way I would just sell it is just like it, it's just a. I don't know. You can make it whatever you want. Is the way I is the way I put it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, as a you know, as somebody who uh, basically, you know, uh, I have two weekly games where I am I am the DM, which is um, definitely a lot of work. Although in the Saturday group that I'm doing, basically we're doing the same thing that you guys already did. So like mm-hmm. right now, I, I'm not really preparing very much for Saturday nights, which is like super easy. Um, and then every other week uh, on Tuesday nights, I am a player in a campaign, which is amazingly fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is a much different atmosphere when uh, all you have to do is every now and then you have to do something ridiculous and like kind mm-hmm. of talk in a funny voice and like trying to make people laugh as opposed to like, you know, carrying the entire world in your head and all the decisions for everything are up to you. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's how our first, we started a new campaign a couple of weeks ago and the, the, the part, the first session was all of our characters meeting each other. And then like 40 minutes into it, uh, Peter was like, you know, I'm like the DM, right? Like I, I, I have like, can I, can I do my thing now? Because, <laughs> like, we, we just created a little play, playlet on the, like, it was like an improv comedy group of us just in a tavern, like, talking as our characters, and um, these were, like, six people who, I mean, I, I knew a couple of them beforehand because I brought them into the game, but, uh, like, six people who, like, barely knew each other beforehand, and here we are, like, doing our own, like, traveling comedy troupe. <laughs> Like, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, if you, if you're lucky enough to get a good group, uh, and a good DM, then it's, it's just, you look forward to it every single week. Yeah. That's definitely the biggest thing. So for, for, I, I know obviously this is a hockey podcast, but you know, we talk about a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, for people who are listening, who maybe thought about trying it, I, I, a hundred percent agree with Pat, especially on that last part. The biggest thing is to find a good group. And if you find a good group of people, then it's going to work out and you're like, it'll, it'll be fine. You know, you could have somebody who never DM before, you know, but if they're, if they're coming at it from the right perspective and they're, you know, they were trying to, you know, have, you know, have a good time, show everybody a good time and, and, you know, let everybody, I mean, you know, as a DM, literally that's my number one rule is every session, everybody should have fun, you know, and everybody has fun differently, you know? So as the DM, my idea is, you know, I am not necessarily going to do everything the way I think it should be. I'm going to do it the way that I think everybody will have a good time, you know? And I, I think as long as people come at it from that perspective, then everything's good. Cause you know, if you, if you don't remember the rules, like who cares, you either just make it up or, I mean, now it's so easy. You can look it up in like two seconds. Um, and I will say this for any prospective new players. Um, you know, if you're just starting off, you do not want to be the person, once you know what you're doing, you do not want to be the person that always tells everybody the rules because that person is very mm-hmm. annoying, at least most of the time. Um, we call them rules lawyers. <laughs> um, they, they actually do have their place if they're helpful. If they're like, oh, I forget the rule and they can tell you. Um, but basically... When they're like, oh, no, actually, uh, you're not supposed to, yeah, you're not supposed to be able to do that um, because um, on page 462, mm-hmm. you know, and like everybody's just like, no, 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 no. No, if no. that's the let the yeah. DM do that and, and the DM becomes like the Senate parliamentarian where they're like, you actually technically can't do this, but like if you use this budget reconciliation, like, <laughs> yeah. do it. I'm just you can saying. get that horse down the stairs. Yeah. 
There's a loophole. <laughs> yeah. There. The committee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, actually, you have to technically replace the dungeon master. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> okay. Um, so, so, Sarah, did you, um, uh, well, a couple days ago, uh, we found this, uh, we found this study. Um, it was emailed, uh, I got it in email, I think, I think Kyle and JJ probably got it emailed, um, and as soon as I saw this, I sent it to JJ immediately, I was like, did you see this? Did you do, I'm making sure that you saw this, um, and then it got posted in the Winging and Motown Slack channel, and, um, as you're about to hear, um, it, it was the object of duration for, for most of the day, I, I would say. Um, so Sarah, tell me, tell our listeners, or, or, you know, that sounds horrible. It sounds like I'm telling you what to do. Um, so Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about this study and what makes it so, um, I, I guess amazing is a word. It's, amazing doesn't have to be good, right? Amazing could be incredibly terrible, yes, it's, right? It's extraordinary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the study is titled NHL Most Hated Fans. So I feel like that really explains itself. Um, but they had broken it down into four categories, which was most aggressive, most hated, most likely to fight, like physical punching, and dirtiest. And what I didn't realize about dirtiest is it doesn't mean like throwing like underhanded tricks. It means like showering. If you go, I, I hadn't read all the way through the study until um, just this morning and realizing that, uh, yeah, they meant that Flyers fans are the smelliest, dirtiest fans after they surveyed like 2,000 random hockey fans. And then they asked the, sur like, the survey takers about their hygiene habits. And 12% uh, of the whole group they only shower or bathe once a month. And uh, of the Flyers, 35% of the Flyers fans surveyed said they only shower once a month. Um, so that, I don't know how big the group was. Maybe that's actually like three people. Um, but I would, I would like to congratulate both the Red Wings and the Stars for not being the dirtiest fans. However, <laughs> the Red Wings uh, walked away with, with some first prizes for once, as uh, the most aggressive. We are Detroit Red Wings are number one. Uh, Pat, do you have a guess on who is the most hated? Who hockey uh, fans would say is the most hated other fan base? Uh, so, uh, which fan base? Okay, you know, I would say um, it's the Maple Leafs. It's it be. is the Maple Leafs. That is right. But they're the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL okay. and living in Dallas, I understand why people hate the Cowboys and their fans. So yeah, I mean, I hate the Maple Leafs and um, mm -hmm. some of their fans. Um, unless you're planning on listening to my podcast, yeah. in which case, I love you. <laughs> I I I think this is the only thing that they got right. <laughs> I think, um, which is amazing. Um, and uh, Sarah, you had mentioned like how many people they asked. So uh, according to this, they, they asked, um, I believe it was 2,000, like roughly 2,000 fans. And when you divide 2,000 by 31, because there's 31 hockey teams, you get roughly 64 fans for each team. Now, I don't know if they, I, you would figure that they would ask the same number of, of fans for each team. However, considering their results, I, I, I don't trust anything about this survey. Um, 
as you were saying this, I um I realized I had never gone to the actual like full site where they have all the information. I just read the email. Um, and the section you were talking about where it's most hated NHL teams and fan bases. Um, I don't know if you noticed this. So it goes Toronto, Boston, Montreal, Chicago, and then Vegas. Which okay, but. The best part is if you look at the logos, it goes Toronto, Boston, Anaheim. Uh, apparently, they, they put Anaheim Ducks instead of the Montreal Canadiens, which is definitely a mistake that I think people that know about hockey would definitely make. Um, I mean, I mean, who among <laughs> us, right, has, has never, never confused the two? Can I make um, an observation about this? So, sure. Um, I, I think I finally figured out why the North Stars left Minnesota, and it's because they're the fourth most smelliest state in fan base. <laughs> they came to Dallas because they're like, look, we we know you love us, we we know you love hockey, but like, I just wish you would love some body wash uh, almost as much as you mm-hmm. loved us. So we're just going to leave. I get it now. I totally get it. Yeah. Also, um, and, and actually, uh, we we had, I had asked this to the... Uh, the rest of the the uh, the writers uh, for for winging at Motown um, because I I could not like this the following thing that I'm about to talk about is 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 I think the the, the most obvious uh, example that this is not something that anybody should take seriously. Um, so there's a section called "Up for a Scrap" in which they talk about the fan bases that are most likely to fight a rival fan over ice hockey and. Number one is Detroit with sixty-two point three percent, and no I asked, I asked if anybody, because because I mean I I've only been to two actual Detroit games in Detroit because I I don't live there, um, and you know the people that that are close, you know they've been to a bunch of games, etc., and not one per like obviously I'm not saying it doesn't happen ever, not one person could remember being at a Detroit game when there was a fight in the stands. Every single hockey game that I have gone to at Nassau Coliseum had at least one fight in the stands. And I'm talking 30, 40 games every single night. Every single night there was a fight in the stands. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Sometimes they're fighting each other, right? Sometimes it's not even the other team. Um, so there they're is... They're fighting absolute... to get out of that arena. Is what <laughs> yeah. By the way, I've been to... I mean, they have the Blues on here. I'll get yeah. into... I, I, I have a theory about why the five most least likely to fight are on there. But the blue, I've been to like five blues games and there's always been a fight every single time. And then also I wouldn't be surprised if the stars were like somewhere in the top 10 of most likely to fight because, um, you know, you get up in the nosebleed crowd, they're a little more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but okay. So least likely to fight. I hope I'm not under or jumping the gun here. No, Uh, no, no, go for it. But, occurred to me that the first one was Florida or like mm. they were they were the least likely to fight and that's probably because they're like you know we like them but whatever um it's Florida the Avs and the Blues are like good teams so like why would you fight the Canucks are Canadians they don't fight and then Columbus they don't have a big fan base so I guess that that makes sense to me that whole thing I just don't understand the most likely to fight ones because I don't know. I can't see. Detroit people seem more beaten down by the fact that they're uh, Red Wings fans uh, right now. Um, and, and also, you have all those cu- like Stanley Cups in your pocket. So I don't. I don't know why you guys would 
be wanting to fight anyone. Yeah, I, I just don't understand. I, I, I don't understand how they could have possibly gotten some of these numbers. Like Sarah said, um, 12% of the respondents stated that they only shower or bathe once a month. <laughs> that is that is impossible. Like, like, like if I were conducting a survey and, and that was something I found, I would be like, okay, we got to start over. Like, cause that's, there's no way that's true. That's impossible. You not know, even, not even during quarantine. Like, yeah, you yeah. have your home all day. Sure. Maybe, you know, day or two or three goes by, but a month, Come yeah, on. a month, a month. Yeah, they have Detroit in as once a week. Why are the Vegas Golden Knights like the fifth most hated team and fan base? Jealous? I have no. Too, yeah, I, I would say no like idea. too much success too soon. Yeah, I think that was like my attitude. I was like, you didn't suffer. You no, you suffered enough. That's not fair. <laughs> I I found it funny that the stars were listed on like in the made the top ten for most aggressive, angry, and hostile. Fans, but I, I looked. So they have it broken down of like phys- between physical aggression, verbal aggression, hostility, and anger. And I, so like we're the lowest Dallas is on physical aggression. That's true. If you listen to hockey Twitter, like we're not like angry, angry. We're just like sarcastic, wise ass angry. And <laughs> so yeah, but anger, yeah, we we're just. <laughs> Yeah, we're not so hostile as much as we're just like put out by the stars on a consistent basis. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um so I guess um on the one hand I don't really want to give this like a platform, but on the other hand, I know people are going to want to find out where this is. Um so if you I mean we 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 basically covered like the the probably the the dumbest parts of it, but if you really want to take a look um it is top 10 casinos.com which is i think jj had said this that is where i go for all my hockey studies top 10 <laughs> top 10 casinos.com um and if you search for nhl most fa- hated fans you will i think you'll be able to find it um again it is dumb you should not go but um hey it did give us a lot of content for this podcast so um it's not entirely bad So I'll say I'll say what the question is while you're looking this up. Um, so it's from from Chill from Chill Distiller. Uh, said Galenus, Gelinus, Gelatin. Um, he and Cider have been paired all season, and his numbers look strong. Should the Wings give him another shot at the NHL next season? And we didn't really know and- anything of, too much about him, so we had to ask the expert. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've I've been seeing his name pop up because of the connection to um, you know to to Morris Sider um, being his partner uh, right now, um, and uh, so basically I decided I, I basically do anything I, I did the thing that I do when I don't know something um, and I think that it's knowable is I I text our our good friend uh, Prashant Ayer. Um, and I asked him, like, hey, what do you think about this? Um, and so I want to make sure I give him credit for it. Um, he basically said, let me find uh, exactly what he said. He basically said, um, you know, they certainly could, but I think it's a case where he's been dragged up by Cider, right? So basically the idea is that um, 
when you look at his performance, and this is Jelanus' uh, uh, his performance last year as opposed to this year, um, it definitely seems like a lot of the change is coming from playing with Cider. Um, and so the, obviously the, the, the downside of that, the danger would be, um, you know, that you kind of make the mistake of thinking that it has something to do with Cider's uh, partner when it could literally just be Cider is, is playing that well, that he is, um, you know, lifting up his defense partner. Um, and then if you, you know, do try to bring him over and give him another shot in the NHL and then, well, maybe that's not the best uh, the best guy. Um, I've been strolling. Oh, here we go. Let's see. Where is it? Okay, yeah. So, uh, on yeah, basically on January 16th, uh, Prashanth uh, did uh, tweet this. And yeah, he's 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 gone up a lot. So I'm um, just taking a quick look at it. Basically, his um, his uh, five for five Corsi uh, four percentage last year was like just over fifty, like maybe about fifty three. This year it's up to sixty, and then his points per sixty at five for five five on five was just below one last year, and it's almost up to two, right? Which is a massive, massive, massive increase. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, like, again, I haven't done a lot of, like, research into this, um, but it, it does look like there's, you know, even just looking at that, I mean, you know, I, I, I never think you should just take a look at one thing and just call it a day, but even just looking at that, I would be, basically that chart would kind of show me, I think it's very likely that it is because of Cider, and I think I would need to see a lot to to, to convince me that it's not, you know, um, you know, I mean, like, like the, the, the difference is so large. Um, and the, the main change has been now he's playing with a different defense partner. Um, you know, most people, you know, once they get to a certain age, they don't get better, you know, from year to year, you know, once they kind of get to a certain age. So, um, we'll see. I mean, you know, who knows, who knows every time, uh, is a question about Detroit. You kind of add on to the end. I don't know. Maybe Iserman thinks differently and, uh, apparently, uh, you know he's able to see things that we that we aren't, um, as he's shown a couple times already, uh, which is really cool. Um, so cool. So we're gonna um, we're gonna wrap up the show, and uh, we wanted to do um, a uh, you know we try. I would say most episodes we try to have like a fun segment where um, you know we kind of put together something. Uh, and Sarah, Sarah had a great idea for this one. So, so Sarah, how about you introduce this one? Cause it was your idea. Um, also I need to think about it a little bit cause I just realized <laughs> I never made, I never made a list. Um, yeah, I didn't, so there might be, there here. might be some editing. Yeah. There might be some editing around this part where I I'll, stop I'll and think for a minute. Very uh, slowly. So I can also think about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so something I like to. I used to do on Twitter was kind of these hypothetical situations and like cast of characters. So what we're going to do today, everybody, is uh, what team, <laughs> so every heist or bank robbery, casino heist, however big you want to make it, there's kind of stereotypical roles. So what we're going to do is we are going to cast NHL teams in those roles. So you are going to build your heist of, uh, of NHL teams. And so I guess I should remember what the roles are <laughs> now that I've talked it up. <laughs> okay, so you have, you have the driver, and I'm, I'm writing these down for myself also. So there's, there's the driver. It's okay. Uh, there's, like, the hacker, you know, vault, vault opener, vault cracker. Um, 
there's the guy that's like the suave distraction and like pickpocket if you need that. Um, don't at me FBI. <laughs> I'm not planning a heist. <laughs> uh, so you, yeah, so you've got like the suave kind of leader distraction guy. Um, you've got the muscle who's just like a goon um, who crosses his arms or he can't cross his arms because his muscles are too big. Um, and let's see, there, there should be one, one more. Hmm. Oh, oh, the like the brains, like oh, the, yeah, the one that comes up with <laughs> Who's everything. The yeah. Who's the uh, the planner? Who's the brains of the operation? He's got the blueprints, and uh, you know, is on the radio, being like, "What are you doing? You're in the wrong room. There's lasers." So, those are the five roles, and I I will go first, but I may talk very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually going to start with the muscle because I now that I know that. Um, Flyers fans are the stinkiest fans <laughs> in the NHL. I feel like maybe that translates over to the team. And they have gritty, so I'm going to say that the Flyers, you you got to have them as your, your muscle, your goons, um, for sure. Oh, man, sure. I was thinking... Title I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, like, so many... Like, I don't know if they listen to the podcast, but, like, so many of my <laughs> friends are Flyers fans. Um, like, I, I like so many people that are Flyers fans. Um, Flyers which fans, is it. I know, they, I'm pretty sure that they shower regularly. Yes, I would, exactly. I don't know for sure, yeah. but anytime I've been around yeah. them, they have not been affected. Well, you, you know what? Maybe, now that I think about it, maybe, maybe they included Gritty, right? Because, you know... He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't does shower. That. They just wash the costume, but that's not showering. So he <laughs> never showers. So so that would drive the average way up. I think. Um, also, uh, I, w- I was trying to, to waste a little time. Pat, do you have an answer? Because I, I thought of one, so I can go next yeah. if you want. We'll just yeah, we'll just do we'll do one roll yeah. at a time. So we're we're gonna start with the muscle. Who would be uh, oh, your goon? Great. That's one of the three I have done so far. Um, the. The muscle for me is, is easy. It's the Oilers, because what else do they have other than uh, <laughs> that one one guy who scores goals? But yeah, when I think of the Oilers, I just think of like just just Zach Cassian just running around hitting people, and then looking back at Connor saying like, "Did I do good? <laughs> I, you score a goal now." Um, basically, he's uh, Andre the Giant. In uh, Princess Bride, um, yeah. So yeah, when I think of the the muscle, it's got to be the Oilers. Like they want to do more. Like the muscles always like at least in this film in my head, the muscles like I can't I like just try hacking. Can I try drawing this time? And like you, he wants to be more than what he is, but ultimately he just can't shake the fact that he's just two arms and um and and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah every time we do something like this like one of the things that i always think is fun uh is to try to see if we if we overlap Mm -hmm. um which is which is like fine like like it's uh you know there's been times where like jay and i would you know like i you know we would do it do something even without a guest so it's just two of us and like we agreed on almost all of them but we had different reasons so so that was fun um so for for me for the muscle i have vegas um and the reason is because um their first season in the nhl when they went on that deep run in the playoffs that's like the one thing i remember about them is that um 
they were just incredibly physical. Like, not really, like, I, I'm not saying they were never dirty, but, like, you know, more on the physical side than the dirty side. Like, they would just, you know, like, they're forechecking, they're finishing every little check, um, you know, throwing the other team off the game, they're playing fast. Um, and so I think I would definitely go with uh, Vegas as the muscle. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's do um, kind of the suave distraction guy next. Um, so I'm going to say it's the, uh, the Hurricanes because they are very distracting. Maybe not suave, but they are a distraction, um, and they can put on big productions. So that's what I'm going to have as kind of the uh, diversion. There's the word, diversion. There's the case. There you go. Uh, mine, I, I have, uh, you know, much like my podcast, uh, my list has uh, – the concept has grown exponentially. Now I have two names for you. Um, because <laughs> So I'm going to do one uh, name for the good, the, you know, the, someone who's good for his job, and then the version of the movie where it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> the, the, the version that uh, goes well is the, light, the lightning. You know, they just kind of stride in, and you're like, oh, that guy, that guy's smooth. And he's like, yeah, I know I'm smooth. And he does something smooth. And you're like, that's what he's supposed to do, of course. Um, uh, the... the the version where the suave distraction actually ends up like messing everything up is the Maple Leafs. <laughs> uh, they walk in and they just, you know, they slide up to the bar, but then, you know, they uh, they're really boring. Uh, at whoever they're trying to distract, and they end up just walking away too early, and then they have to like get on their mic and go like, "Sorry, lost the contact, lost the contact," and then yeah. So uh, those are my two two versions. Um, okay, uh, so for the talker, distraction, like, kind of suave person, I, I also have Carolina, um, and it, it, the funny thing is it's, it's roughly, like, I had this, roughly the same reasoning, um, because it's like, you know, during the game, you're trying to think to yourself, when they beat us, how are they gonna, how are they gonna, like, show us up? Like, how are they gonna, like, like what's the storm surge gonna be like yeah. this time? And they're like... Like, like, like you're kind of skating around. You're like, hmm, wait, is that Celine Dion? Oh, my God. Like, like, like are they going to do a Titanic thing? Um, and so I, I would think that that would be incredibly distracting. Um, so, so yeah, th that was a fun one because, yeah, we had the same answer, and it was for pretty much the same reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do um, the driver next. So who, who's the wheel man? And I have – it's Vegas mm -hmm. because they – Took all the shortcuts to get really good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. They, uh, they, they know all the shortcuts and are used to, like, I don't know, I feel like if you're from Vegas, you probably can drive when there's a lot of distracting things happening. Um, but, yeah, because of uh, shortcuts, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Vegas behind mm. the wheel. That's a good one. I'm, I'm going to go – that is the perfect one. So the second place yeah. option would be uh, – uh, the avalanche because of Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> like, I, if I needed uh, someone to drive on ice skates uh, and get me out of there fast, it would be Nathan McKinnon. Um, I and I guess if I need a bad driver for like the bad film, it would be the Islander. <laughs> um, like he shows up in like a dump truck or something. It's like, well, I couldn't find the car, but I found this double decker yeah. bus. I found something with yeah. wheels. It's like, yo, I got to get through the LIE. Come on. 
It's a parking lot. I need a big thing that'll just. I'm just gonna drive up on the shoulder and go around everybody. Um, so I, um, I, I picked Edmonton, um, and it's not just because they have incredibly fast players on their team, um, including obviously Connor McDavid, um, but uh, you know, in this case, if we're if we're saying that like the bank is like the NHL playoffs, like they are incredibly quick at getting out of it and getting away from it. Um, they have a lot of experience at that, I think. Um, so uh, I, th- I, I, th- I think that they would uh, they would do a good job as the driver. Okay, we got we got two more. So this next one, I'm I may t- also talk very slow <laughs> because it's the hacker. So who mm. is uh, our computer person? And I think I'm going to say Minnesota. It may just be because I follow Evolving Wild. <laughs> I think they're really smart. <laughs> so I'm not sure who's like. Because again, that could also be Vegas being like they hack the system, but um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna say Minnesota because like the hacker is never like the most exciting character. They're just kind of there, but you also can't. They're also you know not complaining. Um, like they want to do more. They just they're gonna just go in and do their job and then leave. And it might be beating the Red Wings seven to two or something last year and just move on with their lives. And you never knew that they were really even there. They have their money. They're out. So that'll be uh my computer guy. I'm going to go with Florida as the good movie hacker because, you know, at the end of the year, you look up and you're like, wait, how did Florida make the playoffs? And they're like, we hacked our way in here. I just, we're, we're right here every year. Sorry. I know we shouldn't be here either, but now we're here. You have to deal with us. Get us out of the system. It's your system. Fix it. Um, uh, and so I would say the bad hacker, I'm so sorry, but the bad hacker would be the Red Wings because they, <laughs> they keep trying to hack their way to the first overall pick and it just doesn't happen. That's what I started thinking of uh, as soon as you were, you were talking. Yeah. I was like, oh, I should have thought of the, the lottery. Yeah. We, are, we are the bad hackers. You are the bad hackers, yes. It's, it's so much better. Um, so I, I have two answers uh, for this one. Um, the first one is is kind of cheating because I'm just going with the word hack and I picked Toronto uh, because of all, <laughs> all all the all the hacks that are associated with the Toronto media. Um, although I guess like we were saying before, I could have also picked Edmonton um, or you know <laughs> many other places. Um, but in in a roundabout way, I also got to the Detroit Red Wings. However, I have much much different reasoning for it. Um, yours is probably better. Um, so I started to think of like, you know, classic movie hackers. Um, and I, of course, um, came up with uh, the classic movie hacker, uh, a character by the name of uh, Emmanuel Goldstein, who you may remember also being called Serial Killer, uh, like like Brad Serial, um, played by Matthew Lillard in the classic hacking movie Hackers. Um, I mean, how much more hacking can you get than calling the movie Hackers? Um and um, so I, I was trying to think of, you know, a, maybe a hockey player or now that he's old, like a coach or a GM who kind of looks like Matthew Lillard. And I was I was drawing a blank. But then I looked at his Wikipedia page and he is from Lansing, Michigan. And as Sarah and I all know, anybody who has any connection to Michigan will be connected to the Red Wings um, on every single pod, uh, every single broadcast. And so you know, almost kind of in like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon uh, method. I am connecting Matthew Lillard to the Detroit Red Wings and he is going to be my hacker. Uh, I mean, they are. Yeah. Okay. 
Was he, uh, was okay. he ever a roommate? Maybe a, a roommate of a Red Wing, a Dylan Larkin's roommate? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, maybe. Was he on the national development team? Hold on, wait a second. All right, our last one, uh, which should be pretty fun, is the, the brains of the operation. Who is uh, leading the heist? And I think I'm going to pull a pat and have two answers. So my first answer, and Ooh. both, well, this one may be controversial, again, but I am saying the brains Ooh. are the Red Wings because I trust Steve Eiserman with my life and my plan. And sometimes you're not quite sure where he's going with things, and you're like, oh, you know, drafting Cider, who the hell is this? Who are you bringing into our crew? But then it's like, no, he was the guy you needed. You didn't want him in the crew. Now he's there, and he was the ingredient that even you didn't know. So... And he built the lightning, so let's be real. Um, so maybe my brains is really just Steve Eiserman. It is certainly not Jeff Blaschel. <laughs> he would be the bad <laughs> one. Um, but I'm going to say um, in the failure movie, it would be Ottawa, because they are also inexplicable in their decisions. And the Habs fit in there, too. Um, but you're like, all right, he, he's going somewhere with this. That's a weird decision. I don't know why we needed so many streamers and balloons, but let's go with it. I try, I, I think he's got a destination, and then you realize he did not have a destination. He just tried to, like, steal the money and leave and leave all of you to get arrested and go to jail. So there was, there was no plan, no matter how elaborate the setup was. It actually didn't go anywhere. Uh, uh, my brains, uh, so my, my the movie where it all works out is I could have gone with the lightning, but I already used them for suave distractions. So I'm going to put the hurricanes for, for the brains because Eric Tolsky is a god. Um, and, you know, every year, like clockwork, whenever the draft is happening, you get to, like, the third round. And then whoever the hurricanes pick, it doesn't matter. Uh, three or four people, uh, I won't name names, will be like, oh, my God, what a genius pick. This is, like, galaxy brain level. Like, oh, my God, I love the hurricanes. Like, Amazing, um, and but and no one can get held accountable for that uh, reaction for because we'll find out in four years whether they're gonna. So we'll just move on. Anyways, uh, I'm not mad. Um, uh, then the uh, the bad uh, brains one. Uh, oh God, what was it? I just had it. All oh, right, it's uh, the the Canadians because uh, the Canadians are like, what if you took the suave distraction guy and made him the brains of the operation. And then you get Mark Bergevin. <laughs> uh, and, he's, and he's like, no, no, guys, I got this great idea. What if we take all the left wingers and make them centers? Like, like, just think about it. And then we just, like, blast stuff from the point. What if we're only good at five on five and hand out big contracts to, to bad players? What if? And you're like, dude, yeah. no. So, yeah, yeah. that's our... It's like, what What if we take all of our money and bring it to the bank? <laughs> and you're like, well... <laughs> Nobody's ever tried that before. Yeah, I guess you're right. He is, I guess he's right. No one's tried it, and he does dress really well. So, yeah. He withdraws money from when, his own uh, bank account. And he's like, we did it. We pulled off the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, um... Uh, actually, if you think about it... um. I, I I came up with one just as Sarah was saying that um, is uh, that you could say uh, that the Islanders specifically uh, Rick DiPietro, um, who basically gets a paycheck every every year um, for the the rest of time for being bought out of his super long contract. Um, although I guess actually that would probably make the Islanders uh, the the bad brains probably fits. You can also say Buffalo. Um, 
You could make bad brains like whoever. Yeah, the most of, most of the teams that are bad for a long time. Well, um, also whoever is the latest team to sign Ilya Kovalchuk. You know? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm also I, I'm going to go um, with uh, the Arizona Coyotes. I almost the, had them. I almost had them. And, and the reason for that is because. Um, John Chica has made sure that he has the staff with the largest craniums. And we know um, the more room, the more, the larger your cranium, the more room for your giant brain. Um, and that's so. why, that's why the head of every major company is a uh, beluga whale. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for our listeners, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, if you Google like John Chica head measurements or like calipers or something like that, I'm sure you'll come up with that's it. That's a thing? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. It, I, I will let you discover it for yourself. It'll be fantastic. Um, so, yeah, the, the only other thing I was – the only other, like, uh, role I was thinking was, um, uh, like, the Kevin Spacey role where – or when you remake the movie, you have to like re- you have to like write him out um, because he's he's no longer able to be part of the movie anymore. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> um, it might be the stars, you know. Give him a few more uh, PR statements to issue, and they might get there. It's the Rangers, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so. No so that brings us to the end of another episode of For Sure. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you want to follow us, you can follow uh, me on Twitter at P Flynn Hockey. You can follow Sarah at Helmeroids. Um, and you can follow uh, our guest Pat at Iversen. However, it is spelled differently. It is E Y E, like I, V E R S E H E N, because Pat enjoys being difficult. Um, you can also follow. I just really like puns. <laughs> you can also follow his podcast uh, on Twitter at the Plus One Pod. Um, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at Two Hundred Foot Pod Two Zero Zero F T P O D. Maybe we'll we'll actually post from there. Uh, it's a long story about why we didn't. Uh, basically, we would get uh, every time I would log in, there would be like eighty notifications, and it wasn't like actually people responding to us. It was just like, "Hey, your friends did," and I'm like, "Well, that thank you." Uh, I didn't figure out how to turn it off. Maybe maybe we can figure that out now. But anyway, we do have a, a, a podcast for the uh, for Twitter. Um, if you are on Facebook and you want to uh, interact with us there, um, we do have a Facebook page. Um, it is facebook.com slash 200 foot pod. Um, and uh, if you want to get any for sure merchandise, we also have a uh, we have a website. Um, it is tinyurl.com slash F-E-R-S-H-I-R-T. It's for shirt. Um, and if you haven't been there in a while, we, we have a lot of stuff there. It's not just shirts. Um, we have uh, like pillows and uh, cases for your phone. And we do have face masks um, in these trying times, uh, or was it in these difficult times? Uh, we want to make sure that you can listen to our podcast while not contracting a deadly disease. So we have face masks for you, uh, to purchase if you'd like. Um, but again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. See you later. For sure. 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 For
for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure.